Welcome to the RGG EDU podcast, where they talk a little photography and drink a lot of whiskey. Season three of the RGG EDU podcast is brought to you by Smug Mug. Yeah, they got a ridiculous grin and the name is funny, but Smug Mug is serious about photography. If you're ready to upgrade your photo game online, get your ass over to SmugMug.com to see where the pros are storing, showing, and selling their images. Let's let's do an intro, Gary Martin. Take our, it away. Our next guest is Kaylee Greer, the Duchess of Dog Breath. Oh my God, I love it to be described that way. <laughs> Thank you. That's, yeah. that's so magical. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. So, Kaylee, you have my dream. Wait, for you a forgot to introduce the rest of us. I don't, don't even care about you two anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even care about you two anymore. I'm here. Have... It's me. It's Rob Graham. And no, we have... no. <laughs> uh, listen. You two are cat people. I finally have a dog person in my corner. <laughs> Found it. That's Found right. It. Yeah. Boom. Boom. I love it. Yeah. No, no. For those of Can't you listening, that. and all of you are listening, Rob's cat person. I am. He's a cat person. They're anti-dog. How does that make you feel? No, because we have cats Kaylee? does not make us anti-dog. It makes. I see it how makes, you look at see, dogs. You're a dog person who's anti-cat. I'm, I'm not anti-cat. I'm just totally, allergic to cats. But you're anti-cat. I'm not anti-cat. I'd, I'd get one if I could. You guys yeah. can have dogs, but you don't. Bam. I do have a dog living with me right now. Oh, you do. In your face. Ha! I used oh. to raise puppies. Ha! <laughs> I win. You used to raise Sheltie dogs. This got out of control quickly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, this, this one has spiraled out of hand immediately. But you know what? Like, three minutes in, and it's, and it's already completely out of control. You push but at me least into these guys, they like dogs, right? Yeah. Like, you're okay love with dogs. Totally you know when you meet dogs. someone, and they're sort of like, uh, I don't really, yeah, I don't really like dogs. And you're like, I don't know if I really like you. <laughs> like, really? Right. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> what is going on in your black, black heart? I yeah. think the same about people who hate cats. Yeah. Gary. Me too. Gary. I never I never said I, I, I don't understand cats. people who don't like cats. Cats are awesome. Cats, so sweet. It's gonna be cats. the cat versus dog podcast to see how this is gonna yeah. go right now. <laughs> cats are okay. There's like, yeah. you know, two old guys who are, you know old guys. We're like the same age. We talk about one, them, right? one cat. Exactly. And then we've got on. we've got Team Mermaid that's over right. here. One dog, yeah. one cat. Red pill, blue pill. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty correct. That's very clever. Red pill, blue pill. I like that. One has red hair, one has blue hair. Mm-hmm. One has gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> and one is working on no hair. Yeah. Renee Robin. That's good. Renee Robin. Oh, I'll give you points. Kudos. Kudos for that. That was awesome. Good job, Renee. The, li- the liveliest intro maybe we've ever had. Yeah, I that think was it's because rousing. of your energy. Yeah. I, 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 honestly, Kayla, you came in here and whipped us up into a frenzy <laughs> in about three minutes. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, well, I, I I could hang out with puppies all day, so really, there's no complaints. Yeah. And there's really nothing but happiness and more happiness <laughs> all the time. <laughs> so how did you get into what you do? Um, You know, sometimes people ask me what came first, photography or dogs, and it was 100% from the bottom of my heart, dogs. Um, photography kind of followed. I wanted to sort of capture the soul and the spirit of a dog, and sort of when I looked into their eyes, I saw these this different universe and all these stories that they couldn't necessarily speak for themselves. So that was my original, you know, motivation was really just to get inside their heads and tell these stories for them. Um, I started by volunteering at my local shelter. I was just really interested in being around dogs as much as I could. And so I thought, well, what can I do with my two small hands to make a difference possibly Mm -hmm. in the lives of animals that, you know, might kind of need a little bit of an extra push, um, so I, I started going to the shelter, um, but I wasn't even necessarily there to photograph to start. I just wanted to go, like, spend time with them, to, you know, take them on walks. They're in these cages all day long, um, you know, with very little human interaction. So I really just wanted to go spend time with them. Um, started to do that and probably did that for a few months before I realized, like, wow, these dogs could really use some incredible photos. Because, you know, photos are really a photo of a homeless animal is like huge, huge marketing for that animal, right? right? Because they can't... Get them out of jail free. Yeah, kind of. right, exactly. And they have no way to change their situations for themselves. Um, so I thought, wow, if I could like, you know, bring in... If I could be decent at taking photos of these dogs, I could actually maybe make some sort of tangible difference in their lives. So that's kind of how it started was 
I, I had dabbled in photography in college and I majored in visual arts. So I did have like a bit of an artistic side to me. So I thought I could take that maybe and I could apply that to these animals and maybe make some kind of a difference. So that's, that's really where it started was at the shelter. How did you not go home with every single dog that you yeah, walked? I know, right? Seriously. <laughs> it was the hardest thing in the world, and it's still so hard to this day. Um, I did eventually leave the shelter with one of them. He, I, he's my little sausage-shaped love of my life. His name is Joshua. <laughs> <laughs> he's like a little meatball sandwich, and he's so beautiful. He's uh, this pit bull mix that I fell in love with when I was photographing dogs for their pet finder profiles. Um, so that's, yeah, he's, oh, he's everything. He is so special. So I did one time yeah. with one. <laughs> and how long ago was that? Uh, Joshua. Gosh. Do you mean Joshua or do you mean the shelter? The meat, meatball sandwich. The meatball sandwich. Um, he was like about four and a half years ago now. Maybe five years ago. He's getting gray. His face is getting all squishy and gray. <laughs> I can't happens. stand it. I can't stand it. He's only five. <laughs> it's crazy, but I love his grays. I squish him. Um, just, she's the best thing that ever happened, truly. On but, the way, on the things of you know taking things home, can I keep you? Yeah. <laughs> I want one of those. Can I have one of those at home? No, no, no you can't. I want one of those at home. Can. They make home life way better. So I, I think I think you really do bring out the personality of dogs. Like you're the the dog imagery that you have is incredibly energetic, Thank and these you. dogs have personality. They are rambunctious and active, but they have their own sense of who they are. How do you think you get that out of them versus a lot of other animal photographers? Oh, um, I mean, I guess, honestly, like, they really give it to me. I don't, I think it's really a matter of just listening for it and sort of being open to it and and allowing them to be themselves. And I guess the biggest part of it is really just understanding and respecting canine language um you know we we sort of all speak our own language right you go to different places all over the world and somebody's speaking french and somebody's speaking arabic and mandarin and english well dogs have a language too you know all of their own um and if you kind of look into that and learn how to read their body language and the signals that they give off you can usually kind of it's really amazing to stand back and watch like two right. dogs interact because you can see this whole conversation happening without any words ever being spoken. But it's really incredible, and we overlook that quite often. Just stand at a dog park and watch these interactions happen. It's really fascinating. And I think probably as a basis for what I do, you have to really be passionate about that and interested in learning about how dogs work. Um, and then, yeah, once I kind of get on location with them and just let them be a dog, I think that's the biggest part of it, right, is just, like, letting them do that beautiful thing that dogs do, which is just be candid, wild messes. And then you can just capture that as it happens. So every dog gives me something different, really. So you, you've got a really solid connection with them. Do you work with animal wranglers much? I, I, a lot of animal photographers do have an animal wrangler. Are you doing that, or are Not you kind of just developing the relationship with the animal yourself? Yeah, not really. I do like two different types of shooting. I shoot privately for for clients all over the Boston area, and then I do travel over the U.S. to photograph, um, you know, private sessions for basically for pet owners for their dogs. Mm -hmm. And then I also shoot commercially for yeah. big brands. So commercially, typically there are animal wranglers there. Yeah. A lot of times, there these dogs are like hired from like animal talent agencies, and I right. swear to God, they get paid more than I do <laughs> to be there. <laughs> and they come with like all these fancy trainers. But for the most part you know 65 percent of the time when i'm shooting is the private stuff um and that's all just me and i have one assistant um and he is mostly deals with the lighting but he's become very very good at also interacting with dog if i do need somebody to help me hold the dog or something that and the owner will help a lot of yeah. times but that's kind of it so yeah. compare and contrast the difference between just a regular house dog and a dog on set that's been trained to be paid Oh, my God. Is there a big difference? Yeah, yeah. It's wild. I mean, you know, it's funny. It's There is a huge difference, and then also there's so many similarities because they both have that spirit about them that you can't – whether or not a dog is incredibly well-trained by human, they still have those amazing qualities of dog, which is what I love so much. So even when I do work with a dog that's, like, meticulously trained, I still find that I can capture that really magical spirit about them. Like, that hasn't been sort of, like, tamed – out of them, um, which is kind of nice. That's what's so special about dogs, you know, is they just have that that amazing magic about them. Um, but, yeah, so most dogs that I photograph, like the, the just regular dogs, I mean, they'll come to a photo shoot and they don't, they don't sit, they don't stay, you know, they don't have any 
commands. They don't really know much of anything except they just want to run over there and sniff that or, you know, run over there and sniff that. <laughs> That's a common problem. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> it's, like, it's like Rob in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know about Rob in the 80s. <laughs> good times. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. That's where the no underwear thing came from. 85. 85, yeah. Oh. yeah. That was the year I was born, Jesus. <laughs> I've lived more. Does that make you feel better? No. Not really? <laughs> Was it supposed to? No. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's just kind of working about, it's just about working with that energy, that wild, crazy. It's kind of better when they're not trained, to be honest with you, because you get those moments that are so beautiful that they can't be scripted, they can't be trained into them. I mean, that's, huh. you know, the paw and the upside down on their back and the just just going wild, I mean, digging or whatever it is that they're doing that's it's just so... That's interesting. I'm, I'm glad you have that approach. I have actually photographed dogs in my time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and always with an animal trainer, dogs okay. and cats. And it's you interesting. You speak that the language, Rob Grimm. I don't, obviously. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a dog whisperer. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think it's cool that, that you like the kind of haphazard quality that they bring. Yeah. I just, it, I, it works for me. Like, I let sort of work within that, like, madness and chaos. And I love it. Um, yeah, I find a lot of times when you when you see, you know, sometimes you see these, like, big corporate clients like hire somebody who's maybe not necessarily a, an animal photographer to shoot a campaign that involves animals and i do think it shows when they hire somebody who has the ability to, to, to communicate with the dogs rather than someone who's just right. pointing in their camera at them and knowing like treating it like a human model um but i mean you know not always but sometimes you you can kind of tell the lack of um interaction that they're getting from an animal from like a print ad or something did, did you start shooting people no, no, I never you started shooting yeah, dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever tried to shoot portraits of anyone? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, a lot of my clients, my private clients, like they'll want a few special photos of them with their dog. Sure. Especially if I'm doing a shoot that's like an end of life sort of session for the dog where, you know, the dog doesn't have much time. A lot of people call me at the end, which is really heartbreaking where the dog is, you know, maybe got cancer and they have like a, they're going to be two, three more months or something, and somebody knows they have a bit of a deadline, so they'll always want, like, a special photo with their dog. I shouldn't be such a downer. It's not always such a sad situation. Um, but, yeah, I do portraits of owners with their pets, so I have a little experience with that. But for the most part, no, I never was, like, interested at all in photographing people at all. I think people are great, but dogs are ten times more beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> There were two things about your work that really struck, struck me besides the kind of kinetic energy that you catch. One, your use of strobe, um, the, the mix of strobe and natural light with the dog. So obviously you've been working with your assistant on that. I would love to kind of have you expand on that. Um, start with, start there. Yeah, okay. Well, it's funny you say you were just talking about portraits of people. Yeah. Well, um, my assistant is an incredible portrait photographer. And I was on location with him once, and I was watching him photograph this, like, beautiful model with all these amazing strobes and this really intricate lighting setup. And I was like, wow, we were, like, in the forest, and there was this amazing backlight, and it was incredible. And then he had all these strobes, and, I mean, the photos were just so special. And I was standing back watching him thinking, why can't I do this with dogs? Like, what? nobody's ever treated dogs like, like a fashion model before, really, you know? Um, there's been very—a lot of dog photographers are— solely natural light and that's kind yeah, of all so I had seen at that point and I thought this is I mean logistically it would be incredibly hard they don't make light stands short enough <laughs> you know what I mean right. to like actually like, get some light down. on a dog right. exactly but um yeah I thought well gosh I'd love to try that and it was a lot of trial and error for the first like five or six shoots that I brought lighting I'm like what am I doing this is wild this is crazy because you know dogs move at like 97,000 miles an hour and here you are like trying to run alongside a dog with like a beauty dish um and it's really <laughs> something you know it's, I, I hope there's video of you doing Somewhere. that. Yeah, is there? I'm sure. Yeah, and I hope you're actually on a saddle on another dog <laughs> next to that dog with her red hair. Yeah, that's Lying awesome. in the wind. Oh my god, yeah. it's an image. I love it. It's like the photo on my next album cover, and I'm just like riding a dog with my hair flying in the wind, <laughs> holding up a awesome. saber. You have to be holding up like. Well, Renee, of... you're a compositor, so I think we can I make that it. happen. I can totally happen. make this happen. We can do this. <laughs> All right. But here's the question, though, because I mean, I've photographed animals as well, and. Yeah. Uh, I hate using strobes with them because they always get so skittish, especially uh, yeah. rescue animals and stuff like that. You don't really know their history. You know, they've, they've seen some things and maybe they've been mistreated and they often freak out. 
after like one or two shots. You're right. You're right. That's How do you handle that? That's a really good point. That's a good call. Um, and that was kind of what I experienced too. Those first five or six shoots, I'm going crazy thinking this is, this is why no one's done it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is wild. But, um, yeah, uh, you have to kind of, it does depend on the dog. <laughs> Not every dog can handle like a big flashing apparatus in their face. Um, however, most dogs, after some, like, really good positive reinforcement training and some serious patience, you can, I honestly, it can get 90% of dogs to come around to it. Um, and some dogs don't care. Some dogs are completely bomb-proof. And what kind of time frame are you talking about? Um, my sessions, my private sessions typically last about two and a half to three hours, and it is not uncommon at all to spend the first 45 minutes or more just getting them used to my gear. And yeah. so the great thing about the shutter is the shutter sound is that I can actually use that, like positive reinforcement. So um, there's a, a type of training that's really simple, and I'm sure you've heard of it, clicker training, where you just click when the mm -hmm. dog does something great, and then you give them a treat. And so they make this um, association with that clicking sound, like, oh, every time I hear that sound, something beautiful is going to happen. A treats are going to, the heavens are going to open up, and treats are going to fall all <laughs> across my face. See, that oh. is the dog's mentality. That really is. That's what a dog thinks. So, yeah, so I use that. I'll click the shutter and give them a treat. Click and treat. So the first is typically 100 photos or more for my session are pictures of the ground. Because I'm just literally taking photos, clicking, treating, clicking, treating. Um, and so you can do the same thing with the light. Um, there are some animals that might not come around to it. I actually tried to photograph some horses recently with strobe. Whoa. <laughs> that was a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> They're really, really, school horses are known to be like really timid and skittish. I didn't realize. See, again, it comes down to me not knowing the, how to communicate with a horse. I, I know dogs innately very well in and out, but horses, I don't know. I kind of went out on a limb there and thought, I'm going to try this with this horse, and I didn't warm it up to light long enough, or I, I didn't, I don't know, work with it well enough, but it was so scared, and it lost its damn horse mind and jumped up and went <laughs> wild and kind of ran to the other side of its pen. But it's dangerous with a horse, you know, you have to be careful, so... Yeah, horse minds are very, very different. I grew up on a farm, and we trained horses, and yeah. they're nothing like dogs. Right, yeah, nothing I learned like that dogs. pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can respect that. I 100% can admit and respect that I do not know horses, and I shouldn't say that I'm an expert on photographing them, because that would be a big fat lie. In terms <laughs> of, I'm interested in the market for dog photographers. Yeah. What has your challenges been in the past, you know, four and a half, five years? And, and is there a market for other photographers out there to start you know, appealing to people with dogs? You know, it's crazy. It's so, so wild. And I feel so ridiculously grateful every day because I haven't really had many challenges in terms of if you're speaking to, like, getting clients and staying busy. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so crazy. I actually just had my assistant the other day call me and say, Haley, like, we have to start booking out our spaces for this year. We travel so much that I haven't booked out my spaces for this year yet. And he's like, you have 224 people on your waiting list. And they're wow, all awesome. emailing me. And they're all calling me. And that's just for Boston. We also, like, travel to other. I, I actually was just down here in Florida. I was just over in Tampa. And I had a week booked of shoots that people have been waiting on the list for, like, a year, which is so wild to me. And I really, truly like have to pinch myself sometimes, you know, when I wake up and go, holy crap, this is reality. Reality can be anything you want it to be. It's really amazing um, when you realize that. <laughs> Nobody tells you that, you know what I mean? Especially yeah. when you're young, you think you have to like do things a certain way and that you could like a dog photographer. <laughs> you, know, you could never be a dog photographer, but <laughs> I really haven't. So to circle back around, I haven't had that many challenges in terms of like staying busy. And, and then to your question of, is there room for other people? To, yes. Yes, this is a huge, huge market. Like, I can't believe the demand, and I can't handle it myself. And so, like, if there were other pet photographers that sprung up in my area, like, honestly, there'd be so much work for all of us and then some. Um, and, you know, of course, there's different types of clients. Like, there's people who only, you know, have, have certain budgets, and so there's probably room for photographers kind of within every, like, you know, price, price range and everything right. as well. But I do think there's a lot of opportunity. That is a busy schedule. It's crazy. And that actually brings me to another question. I think that your post-production is really solid. Oh, With shooting 250 days a year or whatever, how do you have time for post-production? Do you do it? I do it. Yeah. You, you do know, it all yourself. I'm, well, I'm, it's so funny. Like in, in real life, I am like super easygoing 
super like relaxed go with the flow kind of person but with my business i'm like crazy type a it's weird because i've never been like a type a personality where i have to control everything but with my business and with especially the creative part of it i can't i have i have like a panic attack thinking about like sourcing it out um probably i should (laughs) but honestly like out of all the things that i do editing is one of them that brings me the most joy and it's like almost therapeutic you know in a way like you spend so much time with this animal and i and you fall in love with them and you make these images that maybe especially if it is a a dog that's maybe on its way out or something you know that these are gonna be like the, the legacy of this dog i can't leave it to someone else so i i feel like i have to see the process the whole way through so compare and contrast retouching a person versus retouching a dog. Is there like frequency separation, dodging and burning? Are you like oh my God. removing like imperfections? Like what's going on in yeah, post-production? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good question. You know what? I'm really grateful I don't have to retouch people because when I do sometimes have a, a, a client, like a human client in the photo, it's always like, oh my God, you know, liquefy me, make me look skinnier, <laughs> fix my skin. Do, and you're like, oh, thank God I don't do this all the time. <laughs> beautiful all the time and they're yeah. not self-conscious um they're not even they're not even self-aware you know that's a very good point have you but, had any clients request to make their dog look skinnier one <laughs> seriously they were fat shaming yes. their own dog yeah, fat shaming their own dog well who's oh. who's feeding that dog yeah. you know it's like you can't you <laughs> you can't like feed that dog full of all kinds of crazy squishy stuff and then yeah. want me to liquefy it. It's fine. I did. <laughs> Stop feeding them Doritos. <laughs> right? Oh. Actually, I had a client one time bring people bring the funniest things to the shoots. I say bring whatever's going to keep your dog incredibly motivated um, and whatever we can kind of use to get him to look at the camera. And and I have people bring really funny stuff. But one time, this guy brought a bag of potato chips and like a can of cheese whiz <laughs> for the dog. <laughs> for his dog. And Did he thought, pop a beer for the dog too? No, I mean, no beer at that point, but cheese whiz for sure. Cheese oh whiz God. for days. Dogs um, can eat cheese whiz. Well, I guess, you know, like the kind that comes out of the can. I'm yeah. not sure, but this guy I was I would cool think with it would it. make him poop, honestly. Oh, okay. well, well, everything make him poop, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> Story I mean, of our lives. I mean, poop worse. Let me, say, let me, let me put it that way. Poop everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All the poop. All the poop pressure. <laughs> All the poop pressure. The poop everywhere. Um, you'd ask me about the difference between retouching a human and a dog. In dogs, I just really like have to fix lots of weird kind of fun things that they pick up throughout the shoot. Like, um, I, you know, they always have like eye boogies and dirt and crazy yeah. brambles in their fur. Stuff like that. Uh, if I use peanut butter, there's like always a thousand pounds of peanut butter around their mouth. Um, but that's about it. <laughs> So what's bigger, your peanut butter budget or your milk bone budget? <laughs> peanut butter, for sure. Pe- so peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, peanut butter's huge. Did you just smear it all over their lips? Well, and, you... you, you smear it on something? Well, you first you try to just give it to them and make like see if they just want it on their own. And like 90% of dogs want it on their own. But Chunky or smooth? Smooth. Smooth. Definitely so smooth. So no chunky. Yeah. <laughs> so, she was so when quick on that. Was, when did you find out it was smooth, not chunky, and how? I'm not sure. Got it to <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good question, but I am clearly I am devoted you, to the smooth. Yeah, yeah. Opinionated. <laughs> yeah. I have like that consumer loyalty to the smooth. Um yeah. No, mostly they'll just <laughs> That's a quote to isolate. That one's good. Yeah. <laughs> Could be about anything. Um, but yeah, so they typically will just take it. But if they don't take it, then you can just do a little fun trick where you take like a little on your finger and you just kind of put like a baby bit on the roof of their mouth. And then they're like, oh, no, it's crazy. And then they start to lick and lick and lick. And you get these amazing expressions, like big, huge tongues, super funny. And I mean, that's what I'm about. Like when it comes to my style, it's all about like that just silly, like embrace the wackiness of life, you know, and dogs are so good at that. And that's kind of what I want to do is like, I don't want to take these like traditional portraits of like your dog on a chair in front of a backdrop, you know, kind of thing. Like, (laughs) it's not my thing. Your your dog portraits are not (laughs) that traditional. In fact, tell me about the one where the dog is jumping in the air. It's like arms are up and it's you see its belly, and there's water all the way around. It. Oh my gosh! Hold on. Are you thinking? Are you talking about the one dark brown dog? He's in the snow. It was the snow. Yeah, yeah. snow. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's right. Yeah, snow. that's cool. Yeah. Oh, that was at a commercial shoot. Um, it was for a client of mine that makes like leashes and harnesses and all kinds of cool like outdoor adventure dog stuff. And it's so funny because that was like that dog's not wearing anything. Like at the end, they took off all the gear and the garb that they had in modeling all day, and he was like so pumped. You know, he's like, "Yeah, I get to be a dog." Right. And of course, like me, it's dark. Out and I'm like can't put my camera away. I just can't. 
put it away. That's the thing about when you photograph, you know, your passion. It's like it's not work, and I don't want to stop. And it's like you have to drag me out of there by my collar, you know. Um, but, well, not my dog collar. My <laughs> I was going to say, you're wearing a collar, too. That's strange. Is that, is that something you do to communicate? Yeah, that's a little strange secret. <laughs> um, but, no, and he was just like... So pumped, you know, just to be back to being a dog. And we noticed yeah. when we started to like just toss snowballs at him that he was like having the time of his life catching them. I'd actually never seen a dog actually like catch a snowball. Of course, when he did, like he'd bite down on it and yeah, would break up. And, yeah, it explode. And I was like, oh, this is so incredible. And so we just kept shooting and shooting, and we were throwing snowballs like five at a time. And he would snap at one, and then the others would kind of you know be all around him in midair and. It was just really it's quite serendipitous. Shot. Thank you. It was fun. pretty. It's really funny fun. that the client like didn't end up with that shot because it doesn't have product in it. It's so funny, you know. These guys are so concerned about like how their logo looks and you know how their product looks. Of course, Branding. and it makes sense, right? But then like you have those moments that are just so incredibly magical and and kind of show stopping and. They're not interested if their product's not in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's fine. They're an awesome company, and they totally gave me, like, full-on rights to you know use what? it how I needed to. I can't to. believe they didn't use it because mm -hmm. back in uh, – so many years ago, Legs um, Pantyhose, they did a whole campaign where they didn't show any of the product at all. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's yeah. – and that kind of started a trend for a while where people would show – the opposite of the product, yeah, you know, and huh. it, that to me is a great ad for a yeah, leash company. This dog's right? just going wild. Going wild. Like, you got to put this dog on a leash, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, I love it. So, for your private shoots, do you go through a set sequence, or do you get there and evaluate, and then just come up with a, a new way to shoot that dog? Yeah. Yeah, that's the second part, definitely. <laughs> Sorry, I like weirdly cut you off. No, no. <laughs> that was not nice. I was just rambling on. I didn't know where to no, end no. that question. No rambling. That's me. I'm the queen of that. Um, I told these guys to give me the like, give me the eye. I the said, give me eye. the stink eye yeah. if I'm talking too long. You didn't tell so, us what the stink eye is, though. I, How does you it go? Like this. It's, it's the stink face. Yeah, it's a that's, whole that's face. More than the eye. It's, it's a whole, the whole face. face. It's a whole facial <laughs> movement. It's a <laughs> stink face. It's really intense. Is this, just, uh, yeah. this is funny. Yes. <laughs> that's beautiful. All right. If I do that, that means it's done. Right, Rob? Yeah. There it is. Yeah. I forget what you asked me. I got too excited. <laughs> your face looks like not to not to not to sidetrack, but your face looks like have you ever seen Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? No. Hey, I read the book. Oh, but you got to see the movie. The movie's beautiful. Anyways, there's oh, really? monsters in there that your face just did. If you read the book, you can't see the I was just trying face. to make... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Only in your imagination. Yeah. In my imagination. Okay. All right, so we're back to set sequence. Okay. Or oh, randomness. Oh, yeah, that's what you said. Yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes I forget. Um, but yeah, no, when I get on scene, like on location, there's definitely no plan. Um, it's funny. I have friends who are pet photographers or maybe they're like just photographers that dabble with pets sometimes and they're always super like hyper concerned about having a plan like how do you you know you get there and you got to make sure you do xyz in, in exactly a, this amount of time and get this many shots and um and you know start with this shot make sure you end with this shot and that's kind of how they go into it thinking and i think like oh my god that kind of thinking is so limiting I don't know what a dog is going to give me. I, I don't meet the dogs before the session, you know, so I don't know if they're going to be incredibly timid and fearful. I don't know if they're going to be just like wild, bouncy, crazy, um, you know, super bomb proof kind of dog that can do anything. I don't know. So I have to go there and I have to meet the dog and evaluate him and sort of respect him and how he wants to do the session. So some dogs I'll start off with like action shots where they're just running and jumping and going crazy because like clearly they need to get energy out before they're willing to do anything else. And then other dogs are so shy and timid that you have to go super slow. So you get out like a 200 millimeter lens and you're super far away and you're respecting his face and you're just kind of like going at the pace of the dog. So mm -hmm. I never have a plan. I, again, that's the beauty in it, right? It's just that whimsical, candid stuff that you don't know how it's going to happen. So do you – when you're talking with your clients about what you're going to get, can you even give them something definitive? Say, look, here's – I will create some beautiful images for you of your dog, but I can't tell you exactly what you're going to get. Or yeah. do you say, no, we're going to get X, Y, and Z? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question and something I kind of always worried about at the beginning. It's like, oh, my God, what if you do get a dog where you just can't get anything and now this person paid all this money and now they don't get anything and they hate me and they tell all their friends. And, you know, I was right. so worried about that when I first started. And I've come to find that it's really not – it was just a waste of my time to worry about that, um, just wasted energy because I can always get something. Um, 
honestly over the past five years of shooting i've had like one shoot ever where i left it like oh no (laughs) i don't have anything to show this person um and the dog was really really challenging incredibly aggressive fearful just all kinds of issues and um i did get you know to me to my caliber of what i wanted to get i didn't get anything that i felt proud to show her but when i did show her the images like i was able to get and i like you know i showed her and i like held my breath like winced to wait for her to yell at me (laughs) maybe she knew her dog was difficult that's the thing and she's like oh my god to her these were so special because think about like if if a professional can't even necessarily get anything like what is she getting with her iphone you know what i mean so these photos were better than anything she'd ever seen of her dog and again it was like a dog that's older and he's on his way out and like they were so special to her that i was worried about nothing um so i've never really had issues with like not getting anything i don't think that was the original question but i i, I turned <laughs> no, it into what i wanted did, to no. be. <laughs> follow-up question okay. if those were your challenges early on what are your challenges today what do you battle with the most um right now honestly it's just it's really like finding the time for certain things that's and what everyone says. is that what everyone says oh yeah, i want to be original no it is that's the, biggest, the hardest thing like, come on. out of time yeah well that's the thing and i you know time is we all have like a set amount of time you know what i mean we all have i don't like when i meet people and they complain like oh i'm so busy i don't have time to do the thing i try to never be that person because i can i can i have control of my like life and my hours right so i can change things around and i can do the things that i want to do i guess it's just really hard for me to define which things are the things i should be doing because i'm so overwhelmed with private clients right now and then commercial stuff is going crazy and i'm flying all over the country to shoot different ad campaigns and that's what i love i love that so much and but then it's like well where's my time for my shelter work because i always want to give back and i always want to make sure that i get there and i can you know kind of put my heart back into the thing that where i started and it's all that stuff and then it's like that with photography you always have those opportunities with like publishing and so then you have these do i go like write this book or do i go do this calendar line or do it so i'm really confused and overwhelmed honestly um but it's good it's a good problem to have for sure but i do have trouble sleeping at night sometimes because i'm like i have five million things i have to do and everybody's waiting on an answer for me so that's kind of where i'm at right now but i'm happy and i'm grateful (laughs) 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 overwhelmed but happy yeah (laughs) that's the way a lot of people are what are some photographers today that you look up to or were there photographers maybe even specific animal photographers that you looked up to do yeah um i mean obviously like one of the original dog photographers was william wegman i don't know if you guys know of his work but he was the the guy with the weimariners right yeah which Um, are gorgeous dogs yeah gorgeous gorgeous dogs and i mean he kind of paved a little bit of the way i think a bit for this industry i don't know that he ever offered like private shoots or anything i think no that was just his passion project right right? yeah they were his dogs and and they were named man and ray right look it out Um, i don't know oh yeah 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 absolutely and um that was that was just a passion for him okay that's so cool yeah i mean i really admire his work um i'm it's so cool to be at this at at this conference can i say that (laughs) you can say that yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) i'm like oh no i don't know if i'm supposed to be but to be here um is huge because some of my like my idols are here you know so to stand in the room with glenn dewis and with jeremy cowart is like Holy both banana are in this sandwiches. Season. Both are in this season. Both, of, the podcast, both yeah. of them are here. And oh. and last Photoshop World, I was, you know, just kind of getting my lunch in the break room. And all of a sudden, I look up and like Gregory Heisler standing next to me. And I'm like, oh, this is like a photography god to me, oh, you yeah. know? So, absolutely. And getting the opportunity to just be like, I'm standing in the same room with these people. And I mean, I photograph dogs. I'm looking at like someone like Stacey Pearsall and her work. And it is so unbelievable and moving and like brilliant and heavy and then i'm like i photograph dogs <laughs> you know what it makes me feel like a little silly but at the same time you know can we kind of all have our thing sure, yeah but um yeah i mean those guys that i just named i mean they're all such huge huge my mentor was was one of the biggest animal photographers in the world i don't know if you had ever heard of a guy named steve grubman who unfortunately passed away a few years no, ago but i don't think he so. f- had photographed everything i mean really lions tigers elephants Ugh. in his studio cheetahs no way dogs he was incredible that's incredible man incredible photographer yeah he was great he was great 
I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I'll show you his work. You'll, you'll love it because yeah. it's still it's still very relevant. He was amazing, and yeah, and I mean, that's a you're a viable photographer. It's not like you <laughs> you just photograph dogs. You're really doing something. With it. it's, it's incredible. Thanks. So be proud of it. That's it's cool. cool. Thank you so much. I am. It's a little surreal to be able to do you know have these kind of opportunities. Yeah. But whoever thought like that's what I when I first started. That's I the cool thing about it. In a million years, like dog photography really gets you to do all these amazing things. But I've been able to travel the world i've been all over the world shooting and teaching workshops and i sometimes i'll just like look out of my window and like i just stayed in this amazing 11th century uh, little castle in spain and i looked out the window and i thought holy crap dog photography <laughs> <laughs> right, like your mom and dad like what you're gonna be a dog right? photographer Seriously, they were so worried about me. oh my god so i gotta ask i gotta bring it back have you ever gotten into cat photography and is there the equivalent of you out there for cats you're so funny you know i think there is somebody who uh i wish i knew his name i found his instagram the other day and i was like good on him this guy's awesome he's like the cat guy um i don't know um oh I got off track. I got sorry. I got distracted. We've got people walking around <laughs> us right now. We tried to turn some lights on because all of a sudden the ADD. sun went down and it's like so dark in here. Super dark. I like it. It's got a crazy, creepy vibe. It's cool. We're all good. <laughs> um, so cats. there, so there may or may not be a cat. There's guy a cat out guy, there, which I, is the opposite because it's usually the crazy cat lady. Right. Uh, oh. 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 Power. We just had a weird little power glitch. So that's where you sing. Yeah, that switch. That switch is no bueno. We just, just discovered that. Station identification. Okay, MJ, stop touching stuff. He's trying to turn on a light. It's really no. funny. Yeah. All right, we're just gonna wrap it up in the dark. It's all no. <laughs> so I do photograph cats. I do, but definitely not as much as dogs. And it harkens back to that whole same like I need to re really respect the fact that I need to learn a lot more about the biology and the psychology of cats before I really say like I'm a cat photographer. But I do it like if my commercial clients need it or whatever, I'll I'll make it happen. I think cats are cool. They're not so dogs, but they say that there are dog people and there are cat people. Do you think that's true? Like, do you think that the the kind of resonance that you have with dogs it, it will translate into cats for you? Because it, it it's a connection thing. Right? Yeah, it's I understanding. Think, yeah, I think there are two teams: cat team, dog team. Right. Uh, and I love cats. Don't get me wrong. I think cats are awesome, but if I had to pick a team, I'm definitely on the dog team. <laughs> team Red. Why are you gloating Boom. about that? It's team fine. Red. You know what? Cats need love, too, man. I do love yeah, cats. Man. I love yeah. them. I will cuddle any cat any day. Give They're me a cat cool. right now. I'll cuddle it. They're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a very us versus you mentality. I know you are. You're very, you're very cutthroat. Mm. Us versus what you. If, what, if there's, what if there's, like, you know, team by bi, bi fuzzy? Like, what, what if you're bi-fuzzual? Bi-fuzzual. It sounds like something that's out there currently really? already. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a thing. It probably like, is. Poly, I think that there are conventions for that, actually. Well, Polyfuzz? Uh, explain it to me. What's polyfuzz? Like, well, like, instead of, like, bisexual, bi-fuzzual, you know, like, you're into, like, both teams. You can play both teams. You're greedy. Like cats and dogs. <laughs> fuzzy and what's the opposite of fuzzy? Smooth? Well, no. So, like, my, my no. point is, like, you can, like, you're, like, team cat, team dog. And yeah. then, like, well, you what if you're, like, both, both you know? Yeah. both. Like if you swing both ways. Exactly. No, I, I know. I just, I just wanted to see, see how far we could go. How far we can go with this? Yeah. And then there's like polyfuzzery. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Where you can have multiples of each. I just want to live in a world where we're all furries. You know. <laughs> there's a convention that's, for that. That's, that's, what that's what I'm not saying. this there's one. A yeah. That's right. <laughs> it's amazing how quickly we can digress with Renee. Yeah. And degrade. But, hey. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably true. I'm not going to argue that. <laughs> She doesn't Funny. know us well enough yet. No, no, yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning. <laughs> so I want to bring it back on track, and I ask everyone this question. How did you know how to price yourself, and how do you know when to increase your pricing? Because you said you're pretty busy now. So yeah. this is the million-dollar question all photographers sure, ask. Sure, it is. So how did I know what to price myself? I didn't, for sure. I struggled so hard with that when I first started. It's really weird to, to collect, like, any kind of payment for doing something that you love so much. Um, in fact, like super sidebar, but like, you know, I'm here in Florida right now and I'm super booked and I'm busy and I have 
this conference and I have shoots. But then I had one day last week where I had no shooting and I was going to like, oh, I'm just going to go to the pool. It's going to be awesome. And then I walked outside and the clouds were like, holy banana sandwich. I was like, oh, <laughs> they were so amazing. And I was like, there's holy no. Holy banana sandwich. <laughs> HBS. I've so, never heard that. HBS. And that's adding that. Adding that. Yeah, that's that's right. so good. HBS, man. Look at those clouds. Find me a puppy. That's what I said. <laughs> So I find me a puppy. I literally just like I, I I knew of somebody, a friend of a friend who just got this brand new, amazing, incredible little fuzzy puppy who was saved from the Korean meat dog trade of all things. No, seriously, crazy, Wait. right? Isn't that wild? What I know, uh, hold, Tampa. A couple hold, of shelters in Tampa what? just got a whole chunk of. I shouldn't say chunk. A whole bunch. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Um, a whole bunch of of dogs that were saved from from a meat farm in South Korea. And so these and they dogs, were brought all the way here. Yeah, crazy. Uh, Tampa, and then I think somewhere in the Midwest got a whole bunch of them. I don't Damn. know. I mean, imagine the reality. Where you would yeah, eat it's weird. Well, it dog. is a reality in China that's about to happen. I know. The, the, the dog, I don't want to bring it up, but. Don't say it. We have to address it because people <laughs> need to know about it. So we, we bring Actually, it to yeah, attention. Honestly, it's a, really, it's a really important issue. I mean, it, animals here are revered. And yeah, right. In, yeah. in other places, they aren't. I mean, we we take these animals into our home. They're our family. They sleep in our beds. They sleep next to us. They run around with our kids. And in other places, they are. All right. So here's a here's a question. Food. So culturally, where there it's not necessarily accepted. <laughs> are we wrong for 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 looking for, down on for them, making them family? Well, I think because there's I, a lot of weird cultural gnomes out there. Yeah, you know? I think other other cultures do think we're like cuckoo bananas. You know what I mean? For like dressing our dogs up and taking them to spas and getting dog photography sessions. I have to say that is cuckoo bananas. It is, right? Yeah. Cuckoo bananas. Um, we I, forgot sandwiches. Holy banana sandwiches, <laughs> bad man. Cuckoo banana sandwiches. There's all kinds of things Some. coming. It's getting wild. Um, I just went to Costa Rica. I was teaching a workshop down there, but I also did a little bit of volunteering because they need a lot of help with their like stray dog population. And they, um, the people down there, like you want to be so mad at them because of what they're doing to their animals. You know, their dogs are just running rampant on the streets and they're so skinny and sick. And there's puppies in the streets and they're getting hit by cars left and right. And they just, they don't seem to notice um or care and you want to be so angry and then you meet the people and they're so nice and wonderful and warm and welcoming to their country but they just don't get it they don't it's like a a huge lack of education you know i think more than anything else you know it's like they don't mean to be cruel they just don't get it because i mean me more than anybody wanted to go there and like lay the smack down on everyone you know and be like (laughs) ah i gotta (laughs) i'm gonna show you like what's right and i'm you know and i'm angry and i'm gonna karate chop my way through this town Right. But <laughs> that's, no, that's the weirdest thing. Exactly what you're talking about. I lived in Eastern Europe for three years, yeah. and the the viewpoint on dogs there is that, for the most part, the dog lives chained to a fence next to the gate, and it's there to fend off the vegetables. It's there to fend off neighbors from stealing stuff, whatever right. it is. That's the life of the dog. That's the it. dog yeah. does not leave there. It doesn't ever come in the house ever. It's not trained. It doesn't know anything but bark, 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 bark. It right. fends off the vegetables. How does it do that? <laughs> well, like other things coming to eat it. So I there's, know, I know. You know. <laughs> it just was a funny <laughs> sentence. I'm just giving you trouble. Yeah, like the that's dogs. that's what I do. The dogs have like Rob, a... Rob, that's my job for you. You need to know who your role is. I turn, I turn the tables on you, buddy. you a hard time. All right? It doesn't work the other way around. It right? does. It feels weird. Feels weird. Mm. Well, I mean, in some places in the world, you know, animals have jobs. Yeah, that's and, right. And then, yeah. you know, because it's like, for, it's necessary for survival for you know, the species that's dominant. Yeah. Right? So in this case, you know, if, if somebody's stealing their vegetables, you know, their kids are going to starve. Yep. So this, right. this dog has a job, you know, and it has a role. And then other times, you know, sometimes you're in countries where people are hungry and what are you going to eat? You know, and let's yep. be honest, if you were starving yeah, to were death starving. and all you had left, you had the choice of your kids and then your puppy, you know, that's a horrible thing to think about, but that is the reality in some of these places around the world still. I mean, I we are be- so lucky to be, to live in places and to be around the world where we can actually, you know, create animal rights. And right. that, that, that's, that's incredible, you know, and I think that, yeah. the, you know, the more we solve, like, the larger social structures, I think that'll bleed out. But it takes people like yourself to go out there and to work on this every single day. It's like countless millions of people every single day doing little tiny actions to make that kind of change right. happen. And some places it's not, even, it's not even a choice of 
their kids, feeding their kids or their puppy. It's just a dog. It's yeah, a, right. you know, and in some yeah. places they run rampant. Exactly. Right. Um, it's so. almost like when we and see a squirrel, disease, yeah. you know, like yeah. oh, a squirrel. squirrel. We don't take care of squirrels, you know, but it's kind of the way it is right. in other places and it breaks your heart. But, um, yeah, I think it's all about like education, you know, just it getting is. there and trying to educate people and doing the best you can with like compassion as much as I want to go through there and karate chop. Everyone. So where do you want to go next with this crazy career of yours? Oh, my gosh. Everywhere. That's a good question. Everywhere. I I really, really want to go to Iceland. I want to photograph a sled dog team. Um, That's like the next big idea that I have. But really, more than anything, I mean, I'm loving the commercial stuff that I'm doing, which is it's it's so brilliant to like see your work kind of in application. Right. So like you see it like in print or you see it like on I, I say a billboard, but I've actually never seen my work on a billboard. But someday, that's the dream, you know, is like to, to go to Times Square and be like, that's mine. I mean, I think that's the dream for any photographer. I actually just had the craziest thing happen to me in my whole life, and I can't believe it's real. Um, in this past fall, National Geographic just launched a brand-new magazine called Nat Geo Wild. It goes hand-in-hand with their um, their network, their TV mm-hmm. network. And the premiere issue that they put out, I mean, it looks just like a Nat Geo. Like, it has that iconic right. yellow border, yeah, you know. Yeah. And the first issue that they put out, they put my image on the cover. Nice. Was like, oh, my God. Ha, yeah. That is, let me tell you something. That <laughs> Say that is, again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is the holy grail for photographers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, my God, it was crazy. And just to walk into Barnes & Noble and see it. You know what I mean? I'd be like, that's mine. And I'd, be, I'd have, like, my pigtails in and I'd have my PJ pants on. I'd walk in and I'd pick it up and be like, this is mine. Like, And no, nobody would believe me. You know what I mean? To be like, that's that's cute. That <laughs> Did you conquer a Barnes & Noble? Wait, what are you doing? This is mine. <laughs> and I told the cashier, I'm like, look at this, look at this, it's mine. And he's like... Okay. You gotta pay for that, ma'am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't believe me at all. And I was like, That's, it's fine, whatever. It's cool to be doing things that are so outrageous that people don't even believe they're real, right? Yeah. That's what yeah, I totally. talk it up to. That's cool. Totally. I'll take it. So when you're approached with like a commercial and as you're going more into commercial than private, how did you know how to like differentiate how that pricing works? Yeah, that was that was really hard. Um because it's such a different world, you know, and you don't, as a new photographer, not having anybody to really show you, like, what's how you're supposed to price that stuff, it was really incredibly challenging, especially because there weren't a lot of people in the space of, like, dog-only commercial photography that I could talk to. There's nobody, like, I could call, like, a mentor and be like, how do I do this? Um, so I was lucky that I quoted a job when I very first started, I got contacted by an ad agency who was doing the new ad campaign for Nine Lives, the cat food company. Mm-hmm. And they called me and said, we really love your work, which I think is hilarious now because, I mean, my work at the time was, like, really squishy town. It was not good. <laughs> Someone write Holy that down. banana sandwiches. It's squishy town. Oh, it's squishy town. Count how many times I say the word squishy and magical and bananas in this podcast. Okay, so we should make it a drinking game for our audience. Oh, yeah. 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 That needs to happen. Whenever I lack, like, vocabulary, I just think of, like, one of three words, and it's usually one of those three words. Right. Good to know. But anyhow, yeah, so, so I got, um, I quoted that job. Well, I didn't really know how, so I kind of was like, uh... This is terrifying. Let me do as much research as I can, like, on my own, just on, let's use the magic of Google, and I can figure out enough to know how to quote this. Um, I did not get that job, not surprising, Um, because, again, I was really quite new, and I was so surprised I got got approached for that. But the ad agency rep guy that approached me was super nice. He was so, so nice, and he, like, really liked me. Like, he really took to me, and we kind of became, we had this, like, friendship a little bit because we talked back and forth so much, and we talked on the phone so much, and he was just such a nice guy. I felt like, you know what, I feel like maybe I can reach out to him and just ask him, how do I do this? Like, you're in this industry, right? You see quotes come through every day from professional photographers. How am I supposed to do this? Like, did I do it right? I was like, listen, be honest with me. Was my quote just, like, completely stupid? Did I look like an idiot? And he was so kind. And he's like, it, honestly, it looked pretty good. Like, it looked within the realm of the kind of where it should be. And I actually didn't get the – I didn't not get the job because my price was too high or anything. It was just really because they liked another photographer's style better or they had more experience or something especially with cats. Um, but anyway, so he was cool. And then I was able to call him for the next, like, two big inquiries that I got where I had to put a quote together and say, like, don't hate me, don't hate me, I'm going to buy you Starbucks, I swear. <laughs> you know, <kind> of thing. <laughs> and he was really kind. And I'm so lucky. Um, you know, every once in a while, like, in this industry, you get, like, a helping hand up from somebody. And he was so wonderful. 
Um, and he helped me learn that bit of the industry. And now when I teach workshops, I teach how to price commercially. And it's, oh my God, I wish I had this when I was trying to figure this out because this is like, it's like handing it to people like on a silver platter. Like here's exactly kind of how you're supposed to, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of format it. I mean, everybody's different. You're everybody, every photographer is going to have different pricing. Of course, it's going to depend on your experience in that particular kind of work and the quality of your work and how much you think people are willing to spend on it and how unique it is. However, there is kind of a basis on how to price it. So I remember the first job that I got, um, that was like a, like almost, it was like a very high five figures, like almost six figures. And I, laid on the floor in the middle of my like studio and like just cried because <laughs> so I was like this is a life-changing amount of money for a, like a young photographer who um you know never like I was raised with no money I mean my parents are such wonderful people but they always struggled you know so I really knew like the value of a dollar and then when I first started shooting and I was getting private clients and when I very first started I was just you know, charging 200 bucks or something for a session. Even that to me was like, oh my God, like I don't have to work my stupid part-time job that I hate that is soul-sucking for, you know, whatever it was, $9 an hour at the time or whatever. I can actually go do this thing that I love. So to, to make that, you know, a few hundred bucks on a session was amazing. And that, you know, continued for a couple of years before I got like that big, crazy life-changing job. Um, but the thing is, the work that I did do for them and the imagery that they got out of it and the ad campaigns that they ran with it, like, it's so worth what they paid. Oh. You know, as much as, God, like... Yeah. yeah. as much as, like, it's I struggled... campaign. Right? I struggled so hard with it. I was like, oh, my God, there's no way. Like, no one's going to pay this. And then I realized that, like, that's exactly what they're going to pay because they... Good photography is worth so much. It's unbelievable to think, you know, how many eyes are going to fall on that image and how many people you might convert to that brand because of your photo... Um, so I don't feel bad anymore, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I did. <laughs> I, I still don't like to charge my private clients at all. But if I have like you know, if I have like the the big big players in the pet food com- company coming to me and they're you know three hundred billion dollars in profit or whatever, I, I don't feel bad anymore because I know how much it's worth to them. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have for the photographer trying to make it? The, the struggling photographer. I um I have a lot of friends that are kind of like dabbling in photography trying to start out trying to like get you know bookings and you maybe they'll be at it for six months or a year or something right and they'll just like be complaining oh but I'm not I'm not getting any work like I'm not busy I I don't know how to stay busy I want to leave my job and I want to do this and and here's the thing like this is really this is really like tough to say but it's really black and white to me I you look at their work and you go oh well that's why I mean, you have to make unbelievable work. Photography is such a noisy industry now. And Mm -hmm. I mean, that's okay, but it is what it is, right? Because technology is advancing so far to a point where, you know, Joe Schmo can pick up a camera and make a pretty darn decent image. I mean, I think it was Scott Kelby who said if he gave his five-year-old son his SLR and put it on auto, he could take some pretty damn good photos. You know, Um, so everybody who's anyone now is is saying I'm a photographer and now they make a little quick Facebook page and they're charging, you know, 50 bucks for a session. And it's hard. It is hard to rise above the noise. But like if you make work that blows people's minds, like, you know, when I just looked at your work earlier and you just go, oh, my God, is this even real life? You have to make work that is so she far. She to me right now. She pointed <laughs> to me. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is a podcast that I should say. <laughs> she pointed at Renee. Oh, not Renee. <laughs> sorry, My fellow mermaid. That's right. <laughs> I was looking at Renee's work when I first got here, and it is so crazy, 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 crazy. <laughs> Do you plug it all the time? Should well, you holy it? banana sandwiches, of course we do. Okay, all right. Make sure you plug it. It's outrageous. People should see it. Um, if only there was a tutorial that we should <laughs> If only there was a tutorial where people could learn this That's stuff. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> I guess I got to watch it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I just think, like, people stop at the mediocre. They're happy to stop with just making, like, good work. They're like, my work is good. It's solid, right? Like, my clients should see that. They should see how good my work is. But that's fine, it's, but it's not enough to be good anymore. Um, you have to have something that signs your work without you ever even picking up a pen. So, I mean, and that's pretty straightforward, right? Like, you look at, an, at like, uh, Picasso. You know who it is. Salvador Dali. You don't have to see a signature. You know who it is. Of course. Um, so, you know, I think it's so important to have that, like, style 
that really makes you stand out and stand apart. And maybe you're capable of a million different things, right? Because you should be able to be versatile, especially if you're a commercial photographer. But you need to be known for the thing, whatever the thing is, you know, the one thing. And that's the thing you curate. And that's the thing that you put up on your website. And that's how you've kind of like bait all of your your clients um, because it's something nobody's ever seen before and they will pay top dollar for it because nobody else in the world can give it to them. Um, I feel pretty strongly about that. And when I hear people just kind of complaining, I feel like you just you stopped at like the base of the mountain and you didn't climb to the top. I think top. you're right on target. Exactly right. What the hell do you eat for breakfast? <laughs> Seriously. Come on, Is that it? Is that it? I should have stayed. I should have stayed with Cheerios. I started in middle school with Cheerios. But they got to be the honey kind. When you get the plain kind, that's really yeah. That's re- such a bummer. Isn't that sad? The, yeah. It's like really underwhelming. I don't even want. I flip the table if I get yeah. plain. Yeah. <laughs> Mouthful of disappointment. Are you 2%? Right? Skim milk? What do you do? Almond milk? 2%. 2%. For sure. Yeah, 2% is where it's at. Skim is like water. It's gross. Yeah. Yeah, skim's bad. Yeah. <laughs> but if you have to do plain because you have a, a nut allergy like my kids, you put uh, real honey on plain Cheerios. Okay. And it's kind of baller. It's what really do you mean? There's good. there's actually really nuts in honey nut Cheerios? Uh, they're processed. <laughs> yeah, and they're, they're processed in a plant that has... <laughs> Holy banana nut sandwich, right. man. Yeah, there's all kinds of extracts and stuff in there that, <laughs> oh, yeah, holy. if you're allergic, you Extra can't do it. Stuff. That blew your mind, huh? Yeah, it's kind of like what blew my mind. Yeah. I know the word is in there, but that doesn't mean anything anymore. Mm, yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Right? <laughs> Where can everyone find your work at? Ah, oh, go to my website www.dogbreathphoto.com <laughs> I just sounded like such an advertisement. I love it. <laughs> it'll, blow your, it'll blow your ears off. Aww. It's awesome. It's thank so you. good. It's I've never awesome. seen dogs photographed this way. Yeah. I just sat there and went through your website like oh, four times, you. like every single gallery. I was like, man, this is awesome. Oh, so, that really means so much to me. Thank and you, you do teach workshops, yeah? Yeah, I do. When's the next one? Yeah, it's in France. Oh my God. It's in, I know. It's in the south of France. Guys. French dogs. It, dude, it's in a castle from from 1156. It was owned by the king of France. It's crazy. This place is super duper crazy. I was going to go with banana sandwiches, but I was like, well, I said it. Like, so no, it's cool. I like um, banana sandwiches. But, but seriously, I, I just did one in Costa Rica. That's, again, why I was down there and one in Barcelona before that, which was wild. But this one I'm so excited about because, like, the venue is amazing. How do you know where to do a workshop with dog photography? Well, you can f- mostly find dogs anywhere, except for like. But like the demand, like. Well, what, what, I mean, what brought you to Costa Rica come, versus? Good question. I just want. I'm teaching this series of workshops with these two other incredible pet photographers, and they we wanted to make it. We call it this out of this world pet photography retreat, and so they're always going to be in these really amazing places that are going to kind of take you. I'm doing air quotes. Out of this world. I'm remembering it's an audio podcast. So (laughs) I told them I'm doing air quotes. Um, But yeah, so that's why we kind of go to these really just outrageous places um, for the experience. You know, it's really an amazing like bonding experience too with all the the attendees because it's a small group. Um, So the next one's in France. Um, It's called Barque Jour. Um, Are you kidding? Oh my God, that's awesome. (laughs) I'm glad you like it. The first one. How many days is it? uh, Five days. So do do uh, people that go, attendees do they get a, a chance to work with each one of you? Yeah, yeah, That's cool. yeah, exactly. We so all kind of have really different strengths. Um, there's Nicole Begley is one of the teachers I teach it with, and she is an incredible business person. She has this amazing photography studio in. Um, Oh my God, she's going to make so much fun of me if I forget where she lives. It's Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh and Philadelphia are the same place to me. So I always say those things interchangeably, but it's Pittsburgh. (laughs) She's in Pennsylvania. Um, She teaches like the business part of it. Um, And then Charlotte Reeves is from uh, Brisbane, Australia. And she's like this like technical goddess. Like everything that she does is like just technically perfect. And so she's a really good person to kind of, if you're a beginner, to learn like settings and how to work with light and stuff like that. And then I just beep around. I'm there too. Um, <laughs> come say hi to hang out with me in France. The first one was in Barcelona, and it was called Barcelona. And my mom named oh my it, God. and she was so proud of herself. I was like, Mom, listen, I have this workshop coming up. We really have to figure out a name. She's like, where is it? <laughs> Barcelona. She goes, Barcelona. Two seconds later, she said, Barcelona. The rest is history. They all awesome. have Barca nice. in the name now. So that's where the next one is. You can find out about it on PetPhotographyRetreats.com. 
Nice. Is it okay to plug myself? Yeah, yeah of course you can. Why well, you're it. here? Yeah. It feels really slimy to do that. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> not it's at all. Totally okay. natural. That's we we want to support you for coming out. Oh, no like, worries. I'm so happy to be definitely here. Definitely grateful you. that you came out. Thank you. Yeah, this has been fun. Yeah, it's Me been a too. lot of fun talking with you. It got like slowly darker as yeah. we yeah, since yeah. we started. The it light got, also went down too. It got all moody. It's actually really beautiful here. So, but thank you so much for having me. I'm yeah, so grateful. Absolutely, of course. This was so exciting. It was fun. Yeah, puppies. Yay, puppies! <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to cats. Shout out to cats. There yeah. you go. That's team fair. cats. Only fair. If you've enjoyed this podcast and haven't downloaded the entire series, then you've been sleeping what on like the last thirteen episodes because I've been given the exact same outro, and I'm gonna break it now, Rob Grimm. No, so you just, do it. Just, just just go to RGGEDU podcast and download the entire season of season three and two and one. Yeah. Season four is coming in hot. It's coming in red and hot. Rob, you should know by now, where are we at we're, online? Oh, God, we're everywhere <laughs> online. We start on MySpace. No, we're not. <laughs> Stop. Stop. <laughs> He's doing that because he's stalling. He's looking. He's looking for. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on SoundCloud. We're everywhere you want to be. There's one more. There's one more. iTunes. The big one. Stitcher. It's a big company. SoundCloud. It's a big one. Where are we? Rhymes with Moogle. (laughs) (laughs) Snoogle. I can't take you anywhere. You take me everywhere. (laughs) I do take you everywhere. It's fun. Google. Google. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you again. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure meeting you. (laughs) This was awesome. It was fun. Cheers. All right. Well, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to meet Kenny Chesney for a drink. Did you know that I keep bees like I'm a beekeeper? Seriously, I have a ton of bees. I probably have like seven or eight million. I don't too many bees. I have too many bees.